Malcolm Forbes said, failure is success if we learn from it. I love that because there's a qualifier in there first. It's like if, if we choose to learn from it, assuming that we will fail. You know, you uh, a lot of people, I think, sometimes set themselves up to not fail because they never take any kind of risk. If you live your whole life that way, though, I guarantee you're going to have some regrets that you're holding at the end of your life about not doing more or not trying something. So in this episode of Curiosity Continuum, Josh is going to talk about all the things that he fails at and is terrible at, and I'm going to laugh at him, and you shall join me in my laughter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, join us today. Uh, formulate some of the, your own memories of how you failed and what you learned from it today on Failure is an Option on Curiosity Continuum. This is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you turning in the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world by sharing conversations with you that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. You can find us at curiositycontinuum.com. There you can find all the links to listen to us on your favorite podcast channel. Follow us on social media and interact with us. Send us a note, submit a question. And one of the best things you can do is also rate the podcast on your favorite channel. It helps us find new audiences uh, through some of the algorithms uh, at uh, the podcast demigods known as Apple and Google and all those different folks. (laughs) And one of the nicest things that we can hear from uh, you listeners the intrepid adventurers is the conversations you're having from these podcasts with other people. And that's the, one of the largest goals here is to help start that whole thing. So failure is an option. Usually we don't hear, we hear failure is not an option and that's actually not true (laughs) because if you're (laughs) able to succeed in something, you have the the possibility of failure. And if you can't fail, it's kind of like when they used to, um, I used to have those little like, PVC tubes or like guards and bowling when you're little and you're terrible at rolling a ball oh, the down. Bu- the a, bumpers? Yeah. I mean, as an adult, I could probably use those now too to help improve my game. <laughs> yeah. My score of 90 will tell you I need those. <laughs> <laughs> That's with the bumpers, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but everybody, if I play Wii bowling, I get like 250. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Worst game of bowling I ever did, and I actually tried. It was 19. It was like super embarrassing it was like oh. i actually tried obviously i didn't have the bumpers in play obviously you didn't try very hard <laughs> well I, I i tried awful hard for that awful score josh <laughs> uh, okay oh so just goodness. to put that in context were you a little kid or was it just like last year uh it wasn't last year <laughs> but I, I was a grown adult and almost a grown adult i'll say this um i was old enough to know better <laughs> and it's just like my skill level to just, know that uh, 19 was bad <laughs> to know that 19 was bad yeah and i might have been around the i might have actually like bowled my age i mean at the time you're right so it was like not good anyway um <laughs> uh, i was thinking about this as we were talking about this topic today because josh and i kind of toss ideas back and forth what we could talk about i want to drop this mind nugget on you guys just as we kind of launch out into the deep here Failure means you've hit the end of what is currently possible. It means you've butted up against something where you've kind of gone over the edge or something didn't quite work or there's something, right? But it means that it's currently possible. It means that you're tapping on the edge of something new or improving who you are. 
like if you're trying something good, not like you're trying to like have moral failure or anything like that. You know, usually don't try for that type of failure. I'm saying like the type of failure <laughs> that, that actually like is bettering you and the uh, people so around you. You're talking stuff. about like a uh, tangible failure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you tried something and you just were really crap at it. Yeah. You, you janked it real bad, you know, to put it like that. Um, there's the example that comes to mind. It was the four minute mile. And so in 1954, a guy named Roger Bannister actually broke the four minute mile barrier and it was uh, like three minutes, 59.4 seconds. And this right. is so interesting to me because, uh, you know, that was a generation before I walked the earth. And the idea of a four-minute mile was like the impossible thing that nobody could do it. And people had right. built this like mental thing up to go like, this is, they were failing because they're like, it's not possible for a human being to do it. To so do they it, didn't even try. Me. Right. <laughs> and then somebody tried. And how many times did Roger Bannister fail at running a four-minute mile until he didn't? But it opened up the realm of possibility to so many others where they were met with failure and it almost gave them permission to go like, you can do this, try again. And that's right. going back to the quote earlier. If we learn from it, we can turn that into to a success. And now there's been you know, other folks that have uh, come along and even beaten that record. And I think it's wonderful because now you've moved what's possible because other people have failed forward in what they're doing. There is a lot of examples of people like if you don't try, you can't do it. And you for sure can't do it. I always say, you know, everybody always will. I don't know if this is an example of a failure, but <laughs> I will say it. Like, if you don't play the lottery, you can't win. So if I'm Did so you... <laughs> worried about not winning the lottery that I am just going to never buy a ticket. That's kind of lame, Josh. <laughs> it is lame, but I'm never saying, I'm never saying like, <laughs> I mean, this is a totally different thing, but I'm not saying like, okay, so I'm, I'm never going to win that. So I'm never going to buy a ticket. It's kind of like the thing. It's kind of like the four minute mile. If you never try, you're never going to know if you can do it. Right. Come on. Come you on. just compared buying a lotto ticket to the four minute mile. <laughs> no, not really. I'm comparing uh, winning the lottery to a oh, four minute. Mile. <laughs> I got well, in that case, <laughs> it is possible. Okay. That is kind of lame. Maybe we should just lame. edit that out. No, leave it in there. It's good. <laughs> it's an organic process here, folks. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tell you where I got an F, where I failed because I didn't try. And that was actually my first F in school. was in fifth grade. It was in Mrs. Mishler's class. And we had to do a rock collection. And so, you know, you had to type out what kind of rock it was and stuff. And saw some examples. And for some reason, you know, I was always pretty diligent. But I just did not do it. And so, like, the night before... <laughs> I'm out in my rock, you know, little rock area in my house, like finding rocks. Oh, that's a, that's like a grayish color one. That'll work. And I put about 12 of them in an egg carton. Like I didn't like even, granite. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I didn't even like decorate the, uh, the egg carton and it was handwritten. And then what I actually did is I took a piece of eight by eight and a half by 11 notebook paper and actually like, you know, folded it and like licked the edges and tore off some of the paper. So it was a smaller page <laughs> and I wrote bigger <laughs> And it was, I mean, it was awful, you know. So and that's fifth grade, you said? That was fifth grade. And I followed a guy named Tom Harkman who had, like, typed it out. And this is when, you know, typing something out was a big deal. And he had right. spent a lot of time. I'm like, oh, crap. And I followed him. It was <laughs> Yeah, he actually tried. And I remember I got it back, and it said F. And the, Mrs. Mishler said, I see very little effort in this, Brian. And I'm like, well, that's true because I just tried to throw it together. I failed because I didn't try. You know, there's failure that comes when you try and there's failure because like you just didn't put effort in. And that's not, the, we're telling people 
you should fail because you tried and you put effort in. I tell my children often that, you know, I don't expect you to be perfect. I don't necessarily uh, say you need to get an A every single time, but I need to see your effort because that means more to me than whatever grade you get on something. You know, that means a lot to anybody. So, hey, at least the person tried. It meant that they had some type of... Uh, As a sincere, sincere effort forward to actually do something. Yeah. Minimum requirement stuff here doesn't apply. You know, there's excellence that goes beyond that. So anyway, Josh, I have a memory of uh, the crappy fish from. Oh, uh, yes. Actually, yes. the best fish. <laughs> it was the best fish, but we will tell the story. It was the worst fish. <laughs> um, so Josh and I shared, uh, was it eighth or seventh grade? I don't a- remember. Eighth grade. We uh, we did some good work in that class and we did some we did. terrible work in that class. Uh, it was an art class, which, you know, for us was. I think both of us are kind of challenged in the drawing area. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge is like the very nice, polite way of um, saying. We just suck. when it's like, yeah, well, like when Southerners say "bless your heart," what they're really saying is "sucks to be you" right oh, now. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, bless your yeah. heart. You know, your pee-picking heart or whatever. This, <laughs> so the, our fishes were actually very like they had a nice shape to them. I think we and should actually, go back and say like what we were doing. Like, oh yeah, say we should fishes. Do that. And yeah, the, first of like, all, it's fish. It's not science class, so it's fish. Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's art class. So, so it's art class. Re- so we had to make like these, they were like paper mache, paper mache. fish, fish. Yeah. So this is, uh, we had to actually like make the fish and like give it like a tail and, and some whatever. And it was really awesome. Like we and, had some yeah. of the best looking fish. We had curves we and until the we had to paint fin. it. It was really good. Yeah. I was actually impressed with myself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, until we had to paint it, and then we're like, "Oh my gosh!" And Josh and I are not painters. Um, you know, no. I can barely paint paint like walls on my house well. You know, so yeah. to try to do like a fine detail work of of a fish, it just ended up like a dumpster fire. This thing, uh, oh, what began gosh. as like, you know, a for, a for infrastructure, ended up in like a you know a Z minus probably for the execution. But right. we had a teacher named Miss Lundblad, and she actually liked us. Which is it was a good boon for us in terms of making a grade in that class, because yeah. uh, we gave ourselves a B in honesty, just well, because. Let, let's remember what she said. She goes, "What would you grade your work?" Yeah, and then Josh and I are the honest guys in the class, so it wasn't like, "Ooh, this is like the best fish ever," you know. I said we had the best it. fish till we started painting it, and she actually agreed with us. Yeah. So she's like, "Yeah, you did. You have a very good fish." She goes, "But then you painted it." <laughs> That's like the first time. I don't think teachers are supposed to do that. No, like, they're not supposed to say, "Yeah, it did," and then it's now it sucks. So no, it sucks. you got a grade on the suckage curve. But she actually <laughs> let us pick our grade, and she didn't like reduce our grade. So no, there. there In fact, she a... even told us she would have gave us B pluses. I know. <laughs> and I said, so, I said, look, this is like a solid C plus work, but I'm gonna bump it up to a B, <laughs> a B. just because. <laughs> The moral of the story is you don't have because you don't ask. So don't be afraid to ask. And then also uh, those relationships that you build with people who are in authority above you, it's kind of a good thing when you need it to be able to pull that favor out when you don't deserve it, you know. Um, but the moral here, like like the real lesson is, is it does, it does um, pay to fail. Because what did we learn from that? Like I, I personally learned that it was good to not good, not just good to try, but it was also a worthwhile exercise to do something that was out of our comfort zone. And I learned that I will never be a professional painter ever in my life. 
Right. Nor should I try to make money doing that. You're no Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, that was more like a Picasso than it was like a. Well, yeah, uh, we we started out with high ambition. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, that didn't quite work out the way it is. You know, there wasn't an idea of nailed it back then, but we absolutely nailed that fish. You know, <laughs> yet anatomically correct, this fish is terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> the funny thing, I I um since I've been older. As I go go along in life, I'll put it that way, so I don't sound like, yes, and you're 125 years old. I really value what I'm not good at and what I'm not. It was actually in my 30s when I really began to understand who I was by understanding was the, what I was. the 1930s, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, with the old-timey, you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything was black and white then, believe it or not. You know, it wasn't until later. Sorry, it okay. Came I'll just let you go. I'm going to edit part of that out. Okay. When when you have giftings and you're kind of exploring it, you realize, oh, I'm pretty good at this, or I'm good at this. But when you understand, like, you know, like, I'm not great at that. You know, I didn't hit it the way I wanted to. There's a point where it's like, um, as you're failing, sometimes there's a also a realization of, you know what, I shouldn't spend my time doing that. Everybody, sometimes the things are, so you'll hear conflicting advice from like leadership people, you know, turn your failures into strengths. And other people say, you know, focus on your strengths and forget your failures. And what we're saying is that just be circumspect about where those things are, where you're strong and where you're weak, because you're not equally good at everything. And so sometimes when you fail, you Correct. go like, this is where I'm great. And I know I'm getting better. And sometimes it's like, I shouldn't spend more time doing it because I only have so much time on this earth and I'm never going to be great at that, you know? And, but it's really good because it helps you focus. And then, you know, like you're, you're spending that time. If you're failing, you go like, but this is under something better and great. And I, I do think too, it helps you to seek out people that maybe will fill in the gaps to where you lack. And that's like, uh, for example, Brian, like you're self-employed. So like you, you're, you can't be good at everything. And so you have to have a wide network of people that you can call upon to help you. Yeah, I am definitely, I'm a Swiss Army knife in the way where I, how I work, but oh my goodness, like one of the, the things that I do well is connect people because I kind of see how this plus this equals something great or this could work together. And so I have to know also too, like where uh, I've kind of out, you know, outkicked my coverage on something. Or it might be something where the client need is so great that even though I can do it, I know that that's not the right decision to put me in the process for the client because I'm, they have already outgrown the need just by me being there. So I try to find other people who have like maybe a big team that can go support something. That's really important because otherwise, I'm not one of those uh, folks that's always trying to get in the way of money. I want to make. I've actually walked away from quite a few things because it wasn't the right fit or it was something where I felt like I was setting them up for fit, for failure just by me um, you know, trying to cut a paycheck. And some people try to do that. That's not how I operate with things. I really wanted to make sure that's the right thing for everybody. And so if I want to help them succeed, I need to know where my shortcomings are so that I can say, hey, I'm not going to be the best person for that, but let me help you find somebody that can. You know, um, Right. Put yourself in situations, too, where you are kind of the, uh, the weakest link in the chain. So, you know, usually weakest links are somebody's getting kicked off the island or voted off something. <laughs> but right. some of the best growth comes when you 
have the very real, you know, clear and present option that you might fail. This reminds me of when I was a young musician and I would actively try to find older, more experienced musicians than me to play with so that I was the youngest, most inexperienced person in the group. And I don't think your sphincter entirely it relaxes during that whole process. Because <laughs> You're right. It's stressful because people are counting on you to do your job. You learn so much, though. People who are gracious and professional that way, too, will see that. The musician community, especially in Nashville, is, it can be very kind and, and nurturing in that way where bring your skill set to the table and they're allowing other people to kind of come up as well. It doesn't mean it's not competitive, but that's how younger players get better. And I've been fortunate to really have a lot of good experiences like that. And if I hadn't had those, I wouldn't be the mus- musician I am today because I wouldn't have taken those risks. Yeah, and I think Brian's like touching on an important thing too. It's kind of like, um, like a sports team. You know, like you can get like two football teams for, for example, and one is rated much lower than the other. But when they play each other, they actually elevate each other's game. And so that's kind of the whole thing. Like you're bringing other people up. And that is important as well. One of the reasons why the space race uh, back in the 60s and things was, I think, so cool because it, it pushed everybody to um, you know, achieve greater and greater things that we never thought possible for, uh, minus all the uh, Cold War and other things going on, <laughs> dynamics that politically right. were going on. That type of thing, though, kind of united the human race, especially, you know, so we can go do this, and it pushed each other toward greatness. So closing thought, remember let's, uh, remember the words again that we started with Malcolm Forbes. Failure is success if we learn from it. And remember, put yourself in a situation where you can fail, in, a, in an arena where you want to get better. You know, Don't be afraid to take that risk because if you're not failing, you're not growing. So be sure that you're choosing those things wisely. And always uh, choose to fail. You know, if you fail at something, do it in a worthy pursuit. I guess until yeah. next time, we can put a comment in the conversation here, Josh. Yep, I agree, Brian. All right. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.